Welcome to the Box Jumper Podcast. As always, I am your host, John St. Amand. For this, my 10th episode, I decided to do a deeper dive on nutrition, building on our last episode with registered dietitian Lori Jackman. In that episode, you may recall, I made it clear that while I generally eat pretty healthy, I don't use a lot of measurements to back up my choices. Then my gym buddy, Gareth Stevenson, who was a guest on episode two, hit a rather remarkable milestone. The scale confirmed he had lost 100 pounds since starting CrossFit. And he did it specifically to get better at his workouts. I have a similar goal, but I haven't been as committed as Gareth's progress has shown. His nutrition had an obvious impact on his fitness and his performance in the gym. So I'd have been crazy not to follow up on Gareth's progress in light of this accomplishment. And I had planned to bring him back onto the podcast anyway for an update. Then a funny thing happened. He got internet famous, thanks to CrossFit HQ reposting the video that I had produced for Osprey Athletics about Gareth's story. So some of you may actually already uh, have seen um, one of my guests on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or even Global TV Maritimes, thanks to that flurry of interest. How did he do it? Well, it was a lot of hard work and a very specific approach to diet, which is why we are joined for this episode by his diet consultant on this journey, Monica Miller, who represents the Ideal Protein Diet, a keto-based diet system that helps clients zero in on burning fat. And in Gareth's case in particular, with discipline, it worked exceptionally well. So for this episode, we get serious about the science of macros by chatting about the Ideal Protein Diet with advisor Monica Miller and her web-famous client, Gareth Stevenson, who used this diet to help fuel change in his body, his mind, and his performance in the WOD. In 10 seconds, we'll dive into the journey Gareth took that resulted in CrossFit HQ sharing his story with others. I'm joined again by Gareth Stevenson. Um, he was in episode two of the Box Jumper podcast um, when we talked about um, weight loss and, and achieving goals as you're going through the process of integrating fitness into your life. Um, and Gareth has made tremendous progress since that time. And today we're joined by Monica, uh, who has been an integral part of the, the process that Gareth has gone through and uh, helped him achieve some of the uh, fantastic results that we'll update you on uh, over the course of the episode. Um, so first of all, both of you, welcome. Um, Gareth, you've uh, changed dramatically since the last time we met, even though when we met you were already well on your way to achieving the goals that you had set out for yourself. I think when we last spoke um, back in March for episode two, you had lost 30, 35, 40 pounds at that point. 35, um, yeah. And, and it was just, you know, you, you were throwing yourself into the CrossFit community and the community was embracing you and, and trying to give you as much support as possible. Um, tell us what what happened after that point. What, uh, what made you um, continue that that progress and were there some highs and lows along the way and and you know where'd you go from there yeah so back uh in march uh basically what happened was i felt like i hit a plateau i i'd lost 35 pounds but uh weeks afterwards i still kept hovering at 35 pounds lost right so um i was trying to figure out uh whether or not it was just my diet or whether or not it was how, how hard i was going in at crossfit and maybe i wasn't going as uh, as often so actually the first thing i decided to change was to, to go from 
three days a week to five days a week. And then eventually I stepped it up to six days a week. Right. Um, but it wasn't until later on then uh, got to talking about diet that did I decide to switch to diet just to see whether or not it would help. Because I didn't expect it to at first. Right. I wasn't sure what would, what, what would be the result. So um, that's when I ended up speaking to Monica about it. And So you went she, right to getting help with your diet as opposed to just experimentation as you were exactly, getting, yeah. dipping your toe in there. Because I, I honestly don't... <laughs> I come to nutrition, I completely lost. So, right, um, as most of us are. <laughs> yeah, but also around the same time is when I started taking more responsibility for my diet in terms of what I what, what I would eat yeah. versus just you know whatever was available, whatever was cooked or left over. Yeah, um, and then we spoke to, to Monica. Uh, we were doing the ideal protein diet uh, right away, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't just just the ideal protein diet. It was a modified version, mm-hmm. as you described it. Yeah. Right. Um, and then from there, uh, I think the first, my first weigh-in, I lost like 14 pounds in 10 days or something. Holy. And uh, after, there afterwards, it was usually around average, maybe like three to four pounds every, right. every week. Yeah. So that, that gives <clears throat> us a, a perfect opening to ask, what, what is the ideal protein diet, Monica? Like in its, in its native form anyway, before you even modified it for um, what Gareth needed. The original Ideal Protein weight loss program is a low-carb ketogenic approach to weight loss. So basically Mm -hmm. you're cutting carbohydrates pretty drastically. We're also cutting fats, so mostly the saturated fats, trying to maintain the healthy omegas. Um, And forcing the body over into a state of ketosis, so that's burning its own fat for fuel. Um, And there's no fancy meaning behind ketosis it's simply the physiological name for that process so if you are in ketosis you're burning fat for fuel and that's all it means so the main idea behind ideal protein is actually to start to regulate the pancreas um, and in particular insulin secretion so Mm -hmm. um, what they want to do is lower the carb intake uh, lower insulin output and then give the pancreas a chance to rest. At the same time, you're reducing calories to lose weight. Right. And carbohydrates are a big part of that. So the basic idea behind ideal protein um, lies in the carbohydrate intake and the insulin mm-hmm. release in response to that. So by reducing carbs um, and reducing insulin output by the pancreas, we actually force the body over into a state of ketosis because um, it doesn't otherwise have the carbs to burn so it's it dips into the reserves that are there in your fat cells yeah so basically there's three types of uh, your macronutrients so your proteins carbs and fats mm-hmm. the body always burns carbs first right. so it doesn't matter what you're having whether it's a chocolate bar or an apple or a piece of whole grain bread Um, As soon as you give carbs to the body, the body wants to metabolize that for energy first. It's the most simple form of energy to the body. Mm -hmm. Um, After that, we metabolize protein. So it's a really great emergency system. So um, when the body depletes its own carbohydrate stores in the blood and the liver and the muscle glycogen, it switches over into protein metabolism. Mm -hmm. We don't want that to happen because protein is your muscle, it's your heart. Right. Um, protein is essential for life. It's your DNA. So when the body basically cannibalizes itself for protein to provide backup energy, we end up in a worse state of health than we were to begin with. Right. So ideal protein supplements with protein-enhanced food um, to 
offset that process. And then after about four or five days, the body will switch over into what we call a nutritional state of ketosis. So the person who's trying to lose weight is in ketosis for the duration of their weight loss phase. Mm -hmm. um, there are four phases. So phase one is the weight loss phase. You're in it for as long as it takes you to reach your goal. Phase two and phase three are just bridging phases. They're two weeks long each where we start to amp up calories and restore carbohydrates to the diet because carbohydrates are not evil. It's just that we're simply mm. eating way too many of them in, in huge volumes. Right. So phase four, and this is really where Ideal Protein, I think, does the best work, is um, maintenance. Mm. Like anybody can lose weight. You can lose weight. Mm. Weight Watchers works. All these other programs, they work. But um, <clears throat> when you get to phase four, that's where the wheels tend to fall off. Fighting that yo-yo phase that, exactly. that people go through, no yeah. matter what kind of diet they wind up trying. Exactly. So yeah. the emergency's over. You've lost your weight or you've gotten to a place where you're comfortable and then you slip slide back into old eating habits. Yeah. What we want to do is really change those eating habits and educate people. So part of um, the Ideal Protein platform is a whole educational platform where you get daily videos sent to your phone and you can watch them. They're only a couple minutes long each. Mm -hmm. um, and they deal with everything from what is ketosis, what can you expect in your first few weeks, how can you handle social situations, uh, how to read nutrition labels. So there's a really hmm. huge uh, education component that's part of it. Right. And we continue that with weekly mandatory coaching. So once a week, Gareth would come in and we'll sit down for about 20 minutes. And uh, if he has any questions or if there are any issues that maybe came up the week before, because that's pretty normal. People run into situations. They're not quite sure how they're going to handle it and stick with the program. Right. Uh, we'll troubleshoot those. And then troubleshoot the week coming up is far as he can see mm -hmm. and then uh, he'll pick up his ideal protein food for the week and then we do uh, three measures of progress so we do measurements body fat percent and weight yeah. um, just to make sure that the body's not chewing up its own muscle and we're keeping an eye on that right. and focusing on reducing body fat percent to to get him into a healthier body fat percent range right now the alternative program, because Gareth is doing CrossFit, um, and that was really your original goal. Um, he wanted to lose weight so he could get better at CrossFit, yeah. be more mobile. And so the original Ideal Protein program is not really suited for that because it is severe uh, carbohydrate restriction and low calorie. Which we kind of need to power ourselves through the kind of workouts that we do in CrossFit. Exactly. It's not safe. Um, and what happens when you're doing heavy cardiovascular work, your body switches back into protein metabolism anyway. Mm. So the main idea is to preserve all of that protein. So what we want to do is uh, make sure he's still getting enough calories to support his workouts right. yet still lose weight so mm. we put him on the alternative program where it's exactly the same as the original right. with the exception of there are group choices that are composed of healthy carbs so high fiber carbohydrates including whole grains uh, there's some sweet potato a little bit of corn um, you can there's a group that's fruit yeah. um, and then there's a group that's healthy fats so plain yogurt, uh, nuts and seeds, and I think there's some healthy oils in there as well. Mm -hmm. So um, maintaining some of the caloric intake and some of the healthy carbs, 
Um, so you're not in a full state of nutritional ketosis, but you're kind of riding the line. Right. I would say. Are there challenges with the way that the that ideal protein is structured um, for the delivery of certain types of macros within the program when someone has an allergy? Like this was a question that came up when I was talking to uh, Lori Jackman, uh, the nutritionist that I spoke yeah. with, about the fact that you know the, the prescribed levels for healthy fats and for protein very often wind up um, having nuts as as a key part of that. Okay. And and uh, because I'm allergic to all forms of nuts. That just eliminates a big chunk of what I'm able mm -hmm. to, to potentially integrate into my diet. So I, I haven't been as diligent about finding the alternatives to, to make sure that I'm getting them and still have a, a reasonable level of variety in my diet as well. Mm -hmm. Do allergies wind up potentially challenging some of the, the components of the diet that you deliver, whether it's an allergy to fish or whether it's an allergy to uh, something like nuts? Or God forbid, like in my case, both? <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's a little bit of both. Um, all of the ideal protein food um, uses a variety of protein sources. Mm -hmm. And it, it'll state right on the ingredient label whether it contains gluten or soy or, right. or nuts or seafood. Um, or if it was manufactured in a facility mm. that also manufactures products that contain those items. I'm one of the lucky people that doesn't have quite that level of sensitivity. If it was if it was in yeah. the proximity of a nut sometime in its lifetime, I'm okay. But if it actually has nuts in it, yeah. regardless of quantity, it's a little suspect for me. Yeah, we just keep an eye on the ingredient list. Um, so far, I haven't had too many severe allergies. I think the biggest challenge to an ideal protein protocol would be vegan diets. Yeah, I was going to ask, is that not, possible? We, we can't accommodate them. Right. Um, just because the ideal protein food itself has such a variety of protein sources, um, you would be hard-pressed to be able to follow this program as a vegan. Right. Um, vegetarians can do it, but again, that goes that comes down to things like what exactly are they eating? Are they eating dairy and eggs? Right. Um, are they eating fish? So, like, some vegetarians will only eat fish and eggs and yeah. dairy or vice versa. Hmm. So, those we can usually accommodate, um, yeah. but typically not the, the vegan diets. As far as allergies, though, we just basically cut out the items that they're allergic to. Right. Um, it hasn't been a problem yet. Yeah. Not for me, anyway. So to get a sense of, of how drastic a change this would have been for you, what, what was your diet before? Like, what, were, there, were there particular items that just simply lopped out of the equation would have made a big difference on their own? Or was it just that you had a, a different balance of nutritional requirements that were not being met and therefore the ideal protein worked better for you to fuel your workout but also allow you to lose body fat? Well, I think a lot of what I was having before was, um, we still cooked foods, but uh, I think a lot of it happened to be issues where um, if I was at work, they would be going out with friends and we would just go to the restaurants that were nearby downtown. Right. And most of that was you know, fried foods, it was, uh, it was beer, it was, it was basically the junk food list, if you want to call it that. Right. So, and um, even though I didn't go every day, it was often enough that it was you know, kind of thrown off my my prospective goals with CrossFit and with weight loss. Right. So, uh, switching to the diet itself uh, kind of like got me to reevaluate uh, every situation where I was going out with friends or eating something that I wasn't sure about. Right. Because um, 
Uh, it wasn't until I started looking at the food a little closely that I realized that a lot of them, even foods that I assumed were healthy, were actually you know, high in sugar and somehow, yeah. or some some way or form or another. Um, but yeah, so once I switched to ideal protein, that's when I was a little more conscientious, I guess, about yeah. what it was I was eating. Uh, now, I, it has created sort of challenges when I do go out with people, and because uh, a lot of, <laughs> I guess, every... Every sort of event has some sort of like, you know, catered service or you know, some sort of like eating involved. Yeah. Everybody kind of sits around a table or an area and has a, has a drink or has, a, has something to eat. And uh, a lot of things I had to just cut out. Right. And, or substitute with something else. So yeah. I was eating a party last, this weekend, a few days ago, where I was just, I just brought some Zivia, some soda with me rather than bringing beer. Right. Um, and it's not that uh, I don't like beer, because I do, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and I hope to have it again, but I mean, in retrospect, it was going to have to be in more moderation than what I was having before. Right. I was kind of a little too cavalier with it, so right. uh, that's probably one of my biggest issues. Yeah. yeah. So it was beer, not soda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to your credit, too, you probably, like, you're also extremely focused, so... There's a lot of people that go into weight loss that they're interested in losing weight, mm. but they're not actually dedicated to it. But Gareth came in super dedicated. And yeah. like once you started the program, you were just like, yep, this is what I'm doing. And nothing was getting in the way of that. So, you know, base, it's it's a really easy program to follow. Like you just followed it and did mm. it. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. It's when people start to play around with it and yeah. add things in here and there, and then we start to not see results. Right. But yeah, I mean, I just decided to take some responsibility for my nutrition, and then I just saw a clear goal like what I wanted to do. Yeah. So losing weight was uh, losing weight itself was sort of a goal, but I think it was more of a byproduct of just trying to be able to get better at CrossFit. Right. Um, and because I had those goals for CrossFit, then I knew what I had to do with my diet, or knew what I had to I had to lose that weight, and I was just motivated from yeah. that point forward. Well, and and you also in in a kind of a unique way, you wound up with a double whammy for um, feeling the benefit because not only did you see the pounds coming off when you were stepping on the scale, hmm. but you know certainly all of us that that were in class with you saw the changes in the way that you were moving and, the, yeah. and, and you know the, your your capacity to do work over time greatly increased in very short order um, and so you were realizing your ultimate goal of getting better in class almost immediately as well and, you know it, it so you you got to be able to see the benefit in two very tangible ways yeah and I guess that's probably one of the biggest things about any kind of diet is having that feedback having uh, some sort of uh, you know knowledge that what you're doing is actually you know making an effort or, or that that's actually your efforts are yielding results yeah and uh, after like I said losing 14 pounds or that first um, weigh-in I did that was like pretty impressive and I was well, It'd be an eye-opener in yeah itself. I was like yeah. oh well, this is gonna be good yeah. <laughs> I'll be done in three weeks <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah no just having that feedback is one of the things that helps to to keep keep motivation keep moving forward yeah and uh, also seeing the results in CrossFit. I mean, just uh, a few weeks ago, I was able to do finally my first pull-up, yeah. quick pull-up, which uh, I've been working hard. I were hoping to try and get. Uh, it wasn't very graceful, but it was officially a pull-up. So chin above the bar. That's yeah. the only measure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm still uh, not at my goal weight yet, but uh, very close. Yeah. Um, I think the total weight loss of this morning was 112.6 pounds since Jeez. I stepped across. Wow. It. I think you were yeah. at 
78 just since doing an ideal protein yes it was yeah. almost like a age from ideal protein alone because yeah. it was like 35 before i started right and then of course i plateaued for about two months before i decided to yeah. look switch to the diet mm-hmm. yeah now, now, those people that have uh, listened to the podcast before may or may not be connected to Osprey in any way. So um, I don't know if all of them will have seen the... I mean, hopefully they do, because chances are they follow uh, CrossFit main site on Facebook and so forth. And so mm. they, they probably uh, know you to see you whether they realize it or not, because, you know, we, we as you approach the, the 100 pounds, you and I had talked before you got to that point. And I said, look, I, just give me a heads up when you're approaching the 100 pounds. I got this idea of what I want to do. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I ran it by Rob and Tisha, the owners of Osprey, and, and they were all for it. And um, so, you know, when you when you told me you had reached that, that ultimate goal, um, we sat down and, and did an interview on camera and talked about the process that got you there and, and what the milestones were along the way. And, um, you know, I, I took that, that video footage away and I got some footage of you in class. Um, and I cut together a, a five minute video that talked about, um, everything that you had done to that point. And we were fortunate enough. I, I, I kind of had a sense that they might be interested in it. Um, because, you know, Greg Glassman has talked about the, this notion of, shifting priorities as far as uh, CrossFit is concerned away to a degree from the CrossFit Games to just CrossFit Health in general with with this new launch of the CrossFit Health uh, mm-hmm. brand. And in making that announcement, he also very plainly said, you know, there might be two or three hundred affiliates in the world that have ever sent an athlete to the CrossFit Games, but ten times that many of affiliates have helped a member lose 100 pounds or more. And that, that resonated to me, and that just so happened to happen about like a month or two before you were about to achieve that milestone. So I thought, eh, let, let's see if we can play with this a little bit, because I, I think that's a big deal. So CrossFit Main Site picked up our video and wound up reposting it themselves. So you wound up with a little bit of uh, internet infamy uh, <laughs> with your, your yeah. achievement. And, and there were you know 60,000 views of the video across Facebook and uh, and Instagram, and then of course, uh, Global TV here in uh, in Halifax picked it up as well and had you on and their video generated 10 times as many uh, views as their videos conventionally seem to uh, to reach um, you know the the has this process um, changed you in any way like are, are, are you uh, are you thinking differently about where you're headed with it or, or are you just still very much focused on the goal that you've had all along I'm still very much focused on the goal I have all along. It's all about just being able to do all movements that are prescribed in CrossFit. Now, whether or not I do them to the volume or to the scale, that's, right. that's something else. But uh, like being able to do a muscle-up is probably my next kind of unofficial goal that mm-hmm. I set for myself. Um, but yeah, having all this sort of, uh, I guess, publicity around it, I just never expected that. Right. And um, I mean, I thought it'd be a good idea to for other people that may be in the same boat as I was. Uh, to see that maybe draw some inf- inspiration, um, you know, from it, yeah. and maybe it helps them kickstart their um, yeah. fitness goals. But uh, yeah, I never, never expected the, the sort of little response from it as uh, as I've been getting. So, and even people at that I work with uh, in the office, um, they keep coming to me and start, you know, mentioning CrossFit or mentioning things that they need to do to start uh, do, doing the same thing. So I mean, it's it's good to see that people uh, are taking it a little more seriously now than yeah. they used to. Because uh, up until that point, I was getting comments every so often at work, but mostly it was just like, "Congrats" or "You know, good job." But yeah. now they're now they're kind of like, "Well, maybe I got to do something about it too." Yeah, 
Yeah, a lot of it is is you know setting an example for for others that might be inclined to look at how their health is and what yeah. they can do to improve their health. I mean, the the one thing that that I feel a little guilty that I didn't wind up diving too deeply into the role that your diet wound up playing in the overall process. I mean, we we did talk about it in the video, but I cut out some of the detail that we talked about because I didn't feel like we dove deeply enough and we and it risked potentially being a little bit of misinformation by not covering it to the level of detail that I thought we'd be able to do in a separate session. So that was one of the reasons that I really wanted to to have you both here to talk about really the specifics of what it involves. Because it's not enough just to say, you know, it was this particular program and it means these particular elements. I mean, there, there's a whole um, continuum of, of different pieces to the way that you were able to achieve it. You know, you, you had already started a fitness program in, mm -hmm. in joining CrossFit in the first place. You had the support of your wife and your family and your friends and the community within the CrossFit environment yeah. that were getting you part of the way there. And then you realized your diet needed to play a more significant role in, in achieving your goal. And that's when you engaged with Monica mm. to, to get the advice that you needed to take it there. But there wasn't, you know, one specific way to, to make it happen because you were so active that you needed a variant on the ideal protein diet to make that work. So when when you look back at at the transition that you made um you know how how much of it have you internalized so that all of this education that you've done with monica on what your diet needs to be composed of in order to perform as an athlete and what impact that has not just in the gym but your energy levels outside of the gym as well how much of that have you now internalized so that you'll just be able to continue to to make those types of adjustments on an ongoing basis um, to the way that you approach your your diet um, a lot of the information you know, I've taken to heart for sure and um, when it comes to um, just picking foods to eat and um, like even when I mentioned the other when I went out the other night um, I, I, I guess to look at and saying well I could have a beer now but at the same time I kind of feel guilty for doing it I don't really I'm not as enthused about having that extra drink about yeah. because it's just you know it's gonna set me for my overall goals yeah so uh, there are things like that that come to mind but um, yeah, I'm still kind of uh, still learning more about nutrition because I mean I feel like I don't know anything about it. I feel like when I got out of high school, I just you know had no clue about nutrition, no clue about you know uh, fitness or anything like that, and just yeah. went with it. And then as years go by, um, without that sort of responsibility being taken for it, yeah. um, you know you just you just start gaining weight. Well, and yeah, and, and the the principal challenge I think that we all face is that when we come out of out of our younger years, mm. our, our body and the mechanics of our body, they're running like a Ferrari. Like everything is just doesn't matter what you eat. Not it, it yeah. doesn't it gen, for many people anyway. Mm. Not everyone, but for many people, you'll simply burn it off with everyday activity because your metabolism is still firing on all cylinders. And then as soon as you cross that <laughs> 30 mark, it seems, everything kind of slows down just a mm. little bit more and if you don't have that mindfulness about your diet, then it'll it'll creep up on you. It's a little like looking after your car. If, if you don't do the maintenance really early, <laughs> then it starts to get out of hand, and, and it's very difficult to roll time back. Yeah, and uh, I think, too, for when I was in university, um, it was a very similar situation where it would just be because I didn't couldn't afford you know all the more expensive, you know healthier foods. I would just go yeah. for something quick and cheap and easy off yeah. the shelf. And I think a lot of students can kind of resonate with that. Yeah. Uh, even when you would, you know, save money or keep money aside, you'd end up using it to go out and party or something like that. Yeah. So uh, I think diet alone just in university was probably the worst that I've had in years. And it, it's challenging, too, because a lot of those lower-cost foods are mm -hmm. high in carbs, high in fat. And that yeah. double whammy 
you know, as, as you get older, if you still continue to eat that way, then it does twice the damage. Mm -hmm. So how much of, of a role does education on um, the selection of ingredients play in being able to be successful with something like Ideal Protein? Um, we actually just give you a list of what you can have and what you can't. So it's pretty straightforward it's then. very, very Follow specifically the rules laid out. There's a phase one sheet. Um, general rule of thumb is <coughs> don't eat it if it's not on the sheet. Right. Um, because they've what they've done is actually created this program where they know exactly how many uh, carbs you're getting per day, how much fat, how much protein, and how many car calories roughly per day based on exactly what's on the sheet. So. Right. The general idea is you're getting three ideal protein packets a day, 15 to 20 grams of protein in each packet, mm -hmm. um, four cups of vegetables. Now those vegetables are pretty much all your lower carb vegetables, but they have a, a tremendous variety. So everything from alfalfa, asparagus, bell peppers, cauliflower, cabbage, mm -hmm. to broccoli, zucchini, and Brussels sprouts. Mm. Um, so it's you know basically all those vegetables that are kind of like along the side yeah. of the grocery store. Um, there's no fruit unless you're doing the alternative program. Mm -hmm. um, there's no root vegetables, really, um, because they do have more sugars in them. Mm -hmm. um, there's a tremendous amount of leafy greens. Um, in fact, salads you can pretty much have in unlimited amounts. Um, Iceberg lettuce now? Is that the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Romaine, romaine what's going on? It's added to a filler, basically, yeah. Yeah, it's a filler. Um, yeah. It's extra, above yeah. and beyond the four cups. Yeah. So lettuce doesn't actually count towards your, your vegetable mm. amount for the day. Um, and then they've made one meal a day where you can sit down with your friends or your family and everyone can share that meal. So it's eight ounces of lean protein mm -hmm. with two of the four cups of vegetables um, and then a snack item. Right. Um, two liters of water. There's uh, there's an oil component to help with bile secretion from the gallbladder, um, and then mandatory supplementation as well because they recognize they're cutting out a lot of stuff that's necessary um, for optimal body function and organ function. So right. we're supplementing with uh, multivitamin, omega three, calcium, magnesium, and in the regular phase one with a potassium citrate as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the list of vegetables, I think, is actually pretty long. It's just that yeah. most people aren't always familiar with how to prepare them. True. The nice thing is there's and people a have go-to vegetables, too. Like, there's oh, yeah. thousands available to you in the store, and you still buy the same four. Exactly. <laughs> and most people buy the same 25 or 30 things every yeah. week at the grocery store. They don't tend to mm. deviate. They pick what they like and what they're yeah. used to and what they're comfortable preparing. Mm. So, which is funny with the with the emphasis on variety in in the workouts in CrossFit, you'd think we'd be a little bit more adventurous when it yeah. came to food. At the same time, it's like when you know you have to prepare it yourself. True, a little yeah. less like, oh. because I mean I love the vegetables, and I'm uh, just like oh I hate chopping them. <laughs> yeah, or or trying something new and having it not not taste right or just not work out because you know you're you're learning the preparation side of things while you're doing it well yeah. at the same time i usually try to have a meal ready and if i want to kind of deviate from my usual kind of regimen of foods uh, yeah. while i'm still maintaining the diet i will try something smaller and if i don't like it i'll just have the food that i have in the fridge you know that i prepared you know the few days prior right yeah um, within a given phase is is the meal planning the same each day regardless of whether it's a day that you plan to work out or not? Yep, it's yeah. Um, yeah. at least as far as the ideal protein for the weight loss phase is. Right. Um, so it's basically, 
exactly how we just laid it out, very specific amounts, um, whether he's working out or not. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one point we did experiment. We thought, well, let's add like a, an extra protein smoothie in there and see how it goes. And I think we did it for two weeks and there was a complete stall out on weight loss. Yeah, so hard. it was literally mm-hmm. just too many calories, I think, that mm. we were having in addition to what he was already allowed to have. Right. Um, so we, we kind of learned the hard way. Yeah, don't don't mess with the system. It's, <laughs> it's good the way it is. Yeah. And and that was, I think, just, um, just more of a little experiment that we wanted to try to... Um, to see if we could impact um, some of the muscle loss because of course as Garrett's losing weight and huge volumes of weight he's losing muscle as well which is mm-hmm. normal because he's shrinking right his mm-hmm. body's carrying around around less weight on a moment by moment basis so we thought well maybe we can slow that down because you were already doing BCAAs so we thought maybe it'll help if we add another protein so mm-hmm. that didn't work out so mm-hmm. well but um, Everything that was that's laid out on the on the phase one sheet, you just basically follow it from start to finish of phase one, and then phase four is where you get a lot more freedom. So that's the maintenance phase, mm-hmm. and I think that's actually where the coaching gets even more important because that's when um, you're not just eating what we tell you to eat; you're eating what you want. Mm-hmm. But now you're trying to figure out, okay, how much should I be having of all of this? and not start gaining the weight back. And it, so in, in that maintenance phase, is there still portion control guidance? Um, a little bit. My general rule of thumb that I tell people is basically do what you were doing, mm-hmm. but we're going to start to add this much in, say, the first week of maintenance. Maybe we'll add a little bit more of this in. Right. And then the second week, we'll add a little bit more of that in. And then... Um, now for Gareth, what we're going to do is also get him working with Morgan mm-hmm. at the gym because a diet to build muscle is going to look quite a bit different than a diet to lose weight. Right. So once we get into maintenance, we'll continue with the education portion on how to maintain the weight loss, but then start to transition into eating for, for muscle gains. Right. Because they're, they're two very different processes in the body. You've got anabolic and catabolic processes that just don't mesh at the same time. Right. Yeah, and for, for those that are wondering, I mean, we're name-dropping here people that we know at the gym that not everyone will know. Uh, Morgan Seaman is one of the uh, one of the trainers um, at Cro- Osprey CrossFit, uh, and she's also a weightlifter, and she provides nutritional advice for many of the athletes uh, at the gym, particularly around strength building. Um, and so that that's sort of what Gareth is looking at as potentially another phase of, of mm. his overall process. Um, so, and I've known several other athletes that have worked with Morgan on that same sort of program and it's worked really well. And, and actually your wife, Hannah has worked with Morgan. Yes. And that's kind of where I want to keep going with the goal of getting better across it was to put muscle on, but no, I was always going to go, go to an extreme, but, uh, sort of put packed muscle that I lost during the weight loss program. Right. Uh, but that, that would be, uh, yeah, just to continuing on with the never ending goal of CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> and your like your muscle mass when I think about your body shape, how you've changed <clears throat> from start to finish, you may naturally have a leaner frame anyway. Um, like you may never gain large muscle bulk, hmm. um, unless you, of course you want to, and you specifically train and eat. It's for actually that. not my goal, but, but yeah. like you, 
you probably won't see the kind of the bulk that you had pre-weight loss mm. because you were carrying around a lot more weight. Like your frame right now might be naturally leaner with mm. CrossFit. And then as we get into phase four, your goals might shift a little bit more. And as you get working with Morgan and, and changing the diet in that regard. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Well, there's already been plenty of people comment on not just the fact that you lost all this weight, but now they're seeing like some of the photos of you know, our community class or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Jesus, Gareth not only lost weight, but look at his arms. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's got guns. Like, you know, people are, are definitely noticing the the absolute transformation in your body type. I mean, it's it's not just that you lost weight. Like, you, your your body proportions have changed and you move differently in class. And, and you, have a, you have a confidence um, that you didn't have when I met you. Um, and I think a lot of other people have picked up on that too. So, you know, it's... It, yeah, it's definitely one of the benefits of CrossFit, just being able to move better. I mean, yeah, I could lose all the weight, but if I lose all the weight and I don't have my fitness mm. to add into that, then it's really not going to help me all that much. At least I don't feel it would. Yeah. Um, but so having that CrossFit, having that element has um, being able to just, you know, being able to move better in general. Yeah. Right? And just even outside the class, not just... Uh, not just the classes themselves. Yeah, that's uh, increasingly I've been having that conversation um, with a lot of athletes that have come in, particularly those that are new, that are coming in with with um, weight loss as the specific outcome that they're looking for, mm. and trying to to at least keep them open to the idea that what they see on the scale isn't necessarily the only measure that they should be considering because they've got so many other elements to their to their fitness that they should be considering. I mean, mm. you know, you can you can come in and lose five pounds, but in doing that, uh, the work that achieves that five pound loss, you wind up improving your heart function, improving your cardiovascular system, being stronger, being fitter, making the, the joints uh, and tendons stronger. I mean, there, there's so many other benefits that they can't possibly see. Mm. Um, they might be able to feel it and, and intuitively understand the benefits that they're gaining true and they also might in their effort to lose body fat they might actually gain muscle as well so the number yeah sometimes it'll offset what you've same. lost yeah. But, yeah in the end you're like oh you, you've become leaner you become bitter yeah so yeah it makes me think of the the saying you can't out exercise a bad diet yeah. yeah. So most of the top athletes well any athlete really will tell you 80 to 90 percent of what they do is diet yeah the rest of it is training and technique mm-hmm. um, but if you're not eating to support that then you're kind of throwing good money after bad yeah um, or what is it throw the water out baby out baby with bath water, water. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 the, the connection between uh, fitness and health um, you know I, I, I've seen plenty of people that are that you know aren't carrying any additional body weight to them whatsoever mm-hmm. but if i ask them do you feel fit um the answer is not always going to be yes yeah um so you know if you can tie those things together a little bit more closely so that you've got those dual measures of um whether or not you are genuinely healthy um you know it, it starts to become a little bit more apparent what role your activity level needs to play in maintaining your health He's also the type of activity as well. In fact, I was speaking yeah. with Richard just today on the way out of class, and mm-hmm. he was saying that he switched over to do more of the Olympic weightlifting program and less of CrossFit. And he said he found that uh, when he came into CrossFit today, his cardiovascular level has taken a hit. Yeah. And he's found it a little bit harder. So he's like, 
thinking about shifting a little bit more back to CrossFit again. Right. So it's not just how much you do, it's also what you do as well. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the specific components of um, the, the activity that you do makes a big difference to how your system is taxed and therefore what your body does to adjust to be ready for it. Yeah. So you can get a lot stronger and still get winded doing 10 burpees. Or you can do 10 burpees and blitz through them and not be able to lift any weight. So yeah. it's finding some little balance between those two that fits your overall goals. That's kind of where I think most people True. are headed. And CrossFit does actually incorporate that, all those elements into their workouts, right? Yeah. So you're, you're getting a whole variety. But in this particular instance, you were just talking about pure uh, weightlifting on yeah. its own. Yeah, mm. yeah. The, the different modal domains that are used in CrossFit and the different measures of, you know, moving. Be, it's just work capacity and time. So whether you're moving yeah. a significant amount of weight and over a short period, doing it quickly, or whether it's being able to, you know, do something that's more endurance related, or some combination. I mean, just about everything winds up coming up at some point. So you wind up having to be fairly balanced in your approach, and you wind up with so much variety that your system doesn't know how to react. So. <laughs> You're just ready for anything at all times, which I personally kind of like. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, so uh, if someone wanted to get involved in Ideal Protein, whether whether they're in Halifax, making it really easy to consult with you, yep. or whether they're not, how does how does someone get started on a program like that? Um, it probably depends on where you are. So mm -hmm. Ideal Protein is a Canadian-based company. Mm -hmm. They're based out of Gatineau, Quebec. Um, all of the healthcare centers, all of the diet centers are run through healthcare professionals in Canada so and the U.S. Um, in the U.S., doctors and nurses will often run the diet centers. Mm -hmm. In Canada, we tend to see it more with independent people like myself. So I'm a massage therapist by training. Right. Um, I'm not a nutritionist or dietitian by any means, mm -hmm. but because of uh, my healthcare background and the education that I have, um, they elect to work with people, often chiropractors, um, naturopaths, mm -hmm. um, other massage therapists as well, um, and pharmacies in Canada because they also tend to see the people who need help the most. So right. the people that are coming in, they're on metformin for diabetes or blood pressure medication, and these people need to lose weight. Yeah. And Similar to CrossFit with um, their their stated uh, goal with improving lifestyle, mm. um, Ideal Protein really wants to change metabolic syndrome in particular. Mm. So one thing that I didn't mention before with the insulin release is, is um, I'm kind of deviating here. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of, my brain's like jumping all over the place. But um, uh, a secondary role of insulin is actually to create and store fat in the body. Right. So when we have too much insulin, it instantly just shoves uh, sugars and fats into those fat cells and keeps it there. Which is which later. is the big crusade that CrossFit as an organization is on because of big soda and the yeah. really high sugar products that are just marketed like crazy to absolutely yeah. everybody. And they're dirt cheap, so people wind up drinking more Coca-Cola than they drink water. Yeah. Mm. Well, Coca-Cola, there's... I have a... I have a picture. I was at the grocery store one day. It was 99 cents for a two liter bottle of Pepsi. Yeah. And it was a dollar 29 for 500 mils of water. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not possible. Yeah. There's sugar in water in this. Yeah. But it's cheaper than just the water on its own. Yeah. And it's a huge problem. And a lot of it is that people really just don't understand food. And, yeah. and because of our grab and go lifestyles, um, 
the the food industry has made it really easy. Like McDonald's, yeah. Tim Hortons, Wendy's, A and W. I mean, I'm I love A and W burgers, but <laughs> it, it's not they're not healthy. Um, although they do have a vegan burger now, so mm-hmm. so there you go. Um, but people just they've we've really gotten away from learning about food and how to prepare it. Mm. And so that's a big portion, I think, behind uh, what Garrett's learning is, you know, what you can have to maintain your weight loss, yeah. how to prepare it, and how to make interesting meals that you're actually going to enjoy yeah. over the long term. Um, but ideal protein, to kind of get back to your question, can be found with a lot of different healthcare professionals. You can go to their website, yeah. um, idealprotein.com, and you can do a search in your area for the closest diet center. Okay. Um, everybody is fairly independent. They do have, they provide all the training for their diet centers. Right. Um, but I would even just shop around, go online. There's some really great Facebook pages where you can ask, you know, who's in this area and who would you recommend? Right. Like if you've done the program, find out if there's anybody that would refer uh, their diet center. Yeah, and like anything, I mean, it sounds like it, it does establish a pretty long-term relationship for, for many people, so it's got to yeah. be somebody you want to work with. Yeah, and you have to trust the person to yeah. to be there for you when you need them. Yeah. Um, and also to provide the coaching. And unfortunately, there are some diet centers that just don't provide the coaching. That right. you walk in, you jump on a skill, you get your food, and you walk out the door. Um, that's actually an unfortunate experience that my own mother has had Mm. at at the diet center near where she lives. Um, but the really good ones will invest the time and the energy into the coaching because that's really, um, where the success lies is in the accountability coming in for the weekly appointments, having somebody to talk to, even if it's just having a cheerleading section that, you know what, this Mm. person's in my corner and I can count on them to be there for me every week. And You know what? If there's a deviation from the program, it's okay. They're not going to freak out. It's right. not, you know, that's, we're all human. Yeah. So, you know, we get you right back on the rails and get you refocused on your goal. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes it also means, well, maybe right now this isn't the program for you at this point. And sometimes we phase people off the weight loss program if they're not just in it right now. Right. Life happens. But we're going to be there. So, and I mean, that's happened with me recently. Somebody... Uh, they just found it really hard with everything that was going on in their life and they said yeah right now I'm just not focused on it yeah. which if you're not focused on it you're not dedicated to doing it you're not going to be successful right so let's get you at a place where you're mentally ready yeah and, back and, and in I'll this day and age people have an awful lot of other stressors in their lives too that then has an influence on how yeah. successful they are with any program that they're on yeah um, so it's got to be something that they have the ability to, to commit to and have the support to help get them there. Yeah. And no different mm-hmm. than CrossFit. Like people yeah. kind of, we see that at the box all the time where people are dedicated. They're there five, six days a week and then yeah. life gets in the way. Their work schedules get in the way and then maybe they take a little hiatus, but they yeah. come right back. And they get a high five the instant they walk through the door. So exactly. <laughs> it's good. No judgments. It's, it, yeah. all, it happens to all of us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty much all the diet centers run by all care professionals. So what if somebody wanted to work with you? How do they find you? Um, my business name is Momentum Wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in Tantallon, just outside Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, so you can find us on our website. You can book consultations online mm-hmm. or give us a call. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Or come do a drop-in workout at Osprey yeah. and then you'll <laughs> exactly. probably bump into Monica somewhere along the way or you'll talk to Gareth and he'll tell you all about it. 
certainly visit the the Osprey Facebook page uh, if you want to catch up on uh, seeing the video that that Gareth was featured in, or just well, if you go to CrossFit.com's uh, Facebook page, you'll probably have to scroll forever to get back to where they they posted it because it was uh, towards the end uh, or the middle of November, I think, was when they uh, yeah. when they posted it. So you'd have to look back a little ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly, if you visit uh, OspreyAthletics.com, we've got it featured on the homepage there, and of course, it's on uh, Osprey's Facebook and Instagram uh, accounts as well. Um, Gareth, Monica, thank you for coming to, to share more sure. more Thanks. depth about how uh, how your whole story came together. And um, I'm glad that we were able to, to really talk through some of the details because I, I really feel like people would, would benefit from understanding not just the name Ideal Protein, but what it really means and, and what kind of impact it can have on an athlete, particularly in you know circumstances like Gareth's where um, you know, a, a variant on the initial program had to be used in order to support the level of activity that he was trying to pursue. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you both. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Time has run out. I hope you were able to draw a bit of inspiration from what my guests had to say. Nutrition is the engine driving your performance, whether your goal is fat loss, strength, conditioning, muscle tone, joint health, endurance, or internal measures like blood pressure, heart rate, insulin, cholesterol, or relative body fat proportions. As Gareth found, many of those goals are interconnected. As he lost weight, his performance in the gym improved, his cardio endurance rose, his fat levels dropped. And so, and he was happy because those were goals that he had set out for himself. With Monica's help, the Ideal Protein Diet gave him a balance of nutrition that fueled his workouts while allowing him to make those measurable gains. If you haven't seen his video yet, I'll include a link to the video in the show notes for this episode on boxjumper.ca. Have you hit a significant milestone that you'd like to share? Email me about it at info at boxjumper.ca and tell me a little bit about your story. Or post your story and tag boxjumper over 40 on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you get upcoming episodes automatically as I'm joined by more guests to talk about fitness and health. And if you like this episode, please write a review on iTunes. Ratings, and especially reviews, help others find the podcast and let them know what to expect and why they might like it too. I would love to see some iTunes reviews from our listeners of note in areas outside of Canada. I'm looking at you, UK, USA, Australia, and Germany. I know you're listening. The stats tell me so. Thanks for tuning in. My interviews with interesting folks from the fitness world have been coming fast and furious lately, so there's more episodes to come soon. Until then, stay healthy, wad happy, and wad often.